0: I want to be able to inspire other women to know that, you know, it is possible to be a great parent and to be a great business person as well. You know, those two can coexist. They can. You got to pick yourself up.
1: I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you, and I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of HIMS, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million dollar question what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable. And we're so excited to have our next guest here today, Emma Isaacs. Very, very lovely to have you here, Emma. Thank you for having me. I'm excited very very excited. So a little bit about Emma. So Emma is the founder and global CEO of Business Chicks, the largest network for women in Australia and they've expanded with huge success into the US as well. She's here today to talk about her book Winging It, which I just completed this weekend on my cross-country journey from New York back to San Francisco. So I loved it. It was very very inspiring and Super excited to have her here to talk about it a little bit more. But again, back to some of her background. She's changed how we think about business events and has a thriving global community that operates on two continents in 11 cities, producing more than 100 events. So inspiring. I mean, and really, really impressive with past speakers, including Ariana Huffington, Seth Godin, Richard Branson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and more. And Emma is truly a modern day role model, proving that anything is possible for anyone wishing to strive for more in, the, in their lives. And she's a fearless leader. And I can't wait to hear more about her journey on today's show. So, we're also going to, as I mentioned, dive into her new book, Winging It. And I'm really, really excited to have you here. So, thank you for coming. A pleasure. Thank you so much. You already know everything about me now, you've just read that whole bio. We can just chat. (laughs) Yeah, we can just chat. Well, that's basically what we'll do. But so take us back to the beginning of business chicks. How did it all come about? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm what you'd
0: call a career entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is I've actually never worked for anyone else before. So apart from a little waitressing gig I had when I was at school. So when you have your own businesses, you know, you need to work out how you're gonna make enough money to pay the rent. You know, you need to work out how are you going to make enough money to buy a house? And then when the kids started to come along, you know, how I'm going to feed them as well. So this concept of winging it is something that's been ingrained in me from a very, very early time in my life when I've had to make it up on the fly. So I had my first company when I was 18 years old. It was a recruitment company. We'd put temporary and permanent placements into businesses and that was really fantastic. I had that business for seven years before deciding I wanted to try something new. But it was an awesome I suppose learning and foundation in business, but a girlfriend actually invited me along to a business chicks event and At the time, I said, there's no way I'm going to anything that calls themselves chicks. I mean, that's the most derogatory word. I'm a feminist. I'm a serious entrepreneur. I'm not going to anything that calls themselves anything chicks. And she said, you need to get over yourself. and You need to come along and and check this thing out. So I went along to my first event and just absolutely fell in love with the concept. And the next event I went to a few months later, I heard the business was for sale. And I was 25 at the time and I'd never run membership organization I'd never had any experience running any sort of event whatsoever but I ran up to the lady at the end and I said I want to do this let me can we talk and so a few months later I bought the business and back then it was we had a membership of 200 people and now we reach over 500,000 women globally which is exciting and it's been 15 years of my life and I'm still honestly as excited and juiced about doing what I do as I was 15 years ago.
1: That's awesome. So you started in 2005?
0: Around then. Yeah, you're testing my yeah. memory, but <laughs> yeah, around yeah, 2005. Right around then. Sure.
1: My company started in 2005 as yeah. well. So My company hints. So a it was great a good year. year for entrepreneurs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> An amazing year. Yeah. So the book, Winging It, what's the most important message that you want people to take from it? Well, you know,
0: given my work speaking to women, you know, I've really spent the past 15 years talking to thousands of women and it's been a beautiful journey to uncover what holds women back and uncover what propels them forward. And you know, through this collective wisdom, I was able to write this book because it's completely sacred what these women have to tell us. And and unfortunately, though, it is to women who are plagued with a unique set of problems. You know, we do often wait for permission and we do often wait to be tapped on the shoulder. And we do often wait until we have every single skill before we go for the job promotion. And we all know this whole concept of, you know, you'll see a job advertisement and a woman will think I've only got six or seven of the 10 qualifying criteria, so I'll never apply. And a guy will have three and he'll think, oh yeah, I'll I'll just go for it. So, you know, I really wanted to write this book to be able to encourage women to give their dreams a go to have a shot, to progress without having all the answers. And that's really what Wing It is all about. You know, it's about
1: thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now. Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready-to-eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options. Keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie-smart? Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices. Snacks and beverages now, too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part? Each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Redeem your 50% off at com slash today, today.
0: Backing yourself and having the confidence to press on without having a roadmap of where it's going to take you. And I really think this is kind of the year of winging and I don't know how you feel, but I think we're all getting served up hundreds of lessons in this time about what it's like to lead businesses and lead families in a time of massive uncertainty when none of us know when we're going to be allowed out of our houses. None of us know when we're going to be able to go to live events again. I mean, my business has been decimated. We can't have any gatherings of any sort of sort. And instead of it being sort of a blip on on the radar, it's been like a full-on kind of head-on collision. And what this time has required from leaders is a set of skills that I suppose encourage our people to say, Hey, listen, I don't have the answers either, but we're going to progress ahead and we're going to be as gentle as possible and try to figure it out as we go. And that's what we're seeing with great leaders in this time are the ones who can wing it to, to a degree. And so I think this book is really, really timely.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I was thinking a lot about this as I was reading your book too. Mm. It's just, it's a, different type of leadership, right? That is required during times like this. And I think, you know, certainly there will be, you know, businesses that will be asked, right? How did you react, right? How as an entrepreneur? And I think it's, it's such an important point. Was there a point when you realized that you were an entrepreneur? <laughs> growing up, I mean, obviously, like you've always worked for yourself, but, yeah. you know, and, yeah. I waitressed as well when I was in university and, you know, it's, I always tell people, I actually call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I don't, you know, I never sat there and put a stake in the ground and said, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day. My job title. Yeah. Yeah. No one does. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone does. Right. It's um, actually, I think more men do it than women. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't think women really say that, but I'd be curious to hear. Yeah.
0: Women. I mean, I mean, these days you can go to college to become an entrepreneur. You know, there are, there are courses in entrepreneurship and, you know, we are seeing people come through saying, I, I want to be an entrepreneur, which I find really fascinating because I had my first company for probably a good, I don't know, five or six years before even knowing what the word entrepreneur was, you know, it was just it wasn't an option for us back then. It was just, you know, I had a little business and I was just building it and I was making money and I was going through the motions, but no one told me I was an entrepreneur. But I think if you rewind the clock a little bit and look back in my childhood, my parents would tell you I was an entrepreneur from a very early age. And we had a little chat just about birth order before we started this recording. And I'm, I'm the eldest of three kids. So the archetype of an oldest child is, typically, um, it's generalising, but typically is is one of leadership. And what I would do is get all the kids in our neighbourhood together in our backyard and I'd stand up and on a little kind of stool thing and say, all right, here's what we're going to do. I want you all to go out and borrow some money from your parents and bring it back. And so they'd all come with their little, <laughs> little coins oh, and pass. bills and I'd count up the money and then I would go up to the local store and I'd buy all this candy and I'd bring it back the packets and we'd all um, open it together and divvy it up into little smaller packages. And then we'd sell it back to the parents at a really, really inflated price. <laughs> and I think I was about seven or eight when I was doing those little entrepreneurial exercises. So I think... That's yeah. Point. We all have clues, right? If you look, at, I know a bit about your story and there there are clues if you, again, turn back time that show you that you have some skills that it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur. And I, I so, certainly showed some of those in, in my childhood.
1: Yeah. I wrote about this on LinkedIn the other day. A, a friend on Facebook reminded me about the story when I was like 11 or 12. And I used to love to get the large boxes at the grocery store that were used for like toilet paper or paper towels, I would always go into the grocery store and I'd ask for those boxes. And ever since I can remember, and I would color them because I thought that they were just these amazing things. And, you know, I'd put my stuffed animals in when I was little and I'd make these like towns and hotels. So when I was 11 or 12, I asked my friend Robin if she wanted to do a camp with me. And she said, well, what would we do? And I said, oh, we'll create a city of these boxes. And so, you know, I told my parents that we were going to do this and everybody, it was in Arizona and it was like 120 degrees (laughs) in the summer. And so I said, we're going to, you have to take the cars out of the garage and you have to put like we're going to put the boxes in the garage so that the sun isn't beating down on these people. You know, I don't think my parents actually thought that anyone was going to come to the camp. Right. And so we took our signs, talk about winging it. We took our signs out on the corner and to parents and we're like, drop off your kids for $5. <laughs> for a day." like, it was like word of mouth, like that's awesome down the street, like those people, they'll take your kid for five bucks for the day. <laughs> and so we had, like, we had to turn people away. Oh, I and, love we, it. And, and we laughed at the fact that, I mean, we had so much fun. And then, you know, we said, oh, we're actually not going to build a city. We're going to build a town so that people thought, you know, like we, we made up dialogue along the way. And I mean, it was hysterical. And then my brothers came home and they said, you can't just keep everybody in the garage all day. They have to have like some kind of exercise. So we took them to the local canal and we said, we're going crawdad fishing. And we took a string and then we put the, cra- like, I mean, it was just, and again, my friend Robin was like laughing. I mean, it, uh. it lasted for, we had like, 30 kids each week and like we did it for 2 weeks and then we were like oh we're bored we're done yeah. <laughs> we're done and we had done it but you know i look back on that story and i'm like and actually it's funny that one was not in the book and that i have coming out but i said i don't know why it wasn't in the book because i said i would just wing it yeah. and make up stuff along along the way that was so funny what was your first memory of like really winging it Oh,
0: I mean, I probably would say buying the business chicks business was grit or I don't know, the gall I suppose to start a company when I was 18 years old was one of them. I do remember I went, to, I come from a very academic family. So out of my 17 or 18 cousins, I'm the only one without a university degree, which is hilarious. But I do remember going to university for six months and dropping out without telling my parents. And I, I'm Australian. I come from Sydney, Australia. I've been living in California for almost five years now, but I'm um, growing in Sydney. And my university was across the Sydney Harbour Bridge, if anyone knows it. And I remember After about six months of being very frustrated with my studies, I remember it was just going far too slow for me and I wanted to get out into the real world. Anyway, one of my trips back home from university, crossing the Sydney Harbour Bridge, cost $2, right, to give the toll person who was sitting there. And I remember looking in my purse for the money and I couldn't come up with the $2. And I thought, I'm completely broke. I can't even pay the $2 getting across the the bridge here. Um, I hate university. My life is going far too slow. I know I'm not an academic learner. I know I'm an experiential learner. So I remember in that absolute moment, I just decided I'm going to drop out of uni and I had zero plan of what I'd do next. I was terrified to tell my parents I'd done it, but I did. I made that split decision and it was a real kind of sliding doors moment for me because a matter of weeks after that, I met my first business partner, went on to to found that company with her. So I'm a big believer that, you know, sometimes one door has to close for another one to open. And that was certainly the case for me in in that first wing at moment.
1: So incredible. And and I should also mention, and you talked a little bit about this, about birth order, but you have six of your own kids. So I awesome. I, love, I, I was saying to Emma before we got on the phone that I'm always the one with the most kids. I have four. And hearing Emma has six, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> crazy! I love it. And what are the ages? So
0: my eldest is eleven, and they range from 11, 9, 7, 5, 3 and the little guy is three months old. I just had him three months ago.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Wow! You're like still in the zone in the in the thick of it. That's, I'm in that's, it. I'm in it. Wow! That is wild.
0: It's amazing. You know, I never set out to have this many kids. And if you'd asked me when I was twenty, you know, do you want to have a large family? I wasn't even convinced I wanted to have children. You know. It sort of this lifelong oh I must be a mother or else I'll be a failure at all but we had the first one and it was a lot of fun and then the second one came along and we just kind of kept on going I mean I think my husband and I are a little I don't want to say reckless but we just you know we let life surprise us and we found that's a really beautiful way to live and this little guy's just been such a joy to have around whilst we're all working from home and you know my kids are doing online learning, it's just been a real joy to have him in the house for the past three months. And I've been lucky. I love being pregnant and I can do it. You know, I know there's many, my sister gets hospitalised from morning sickness, but I, I'm, I'm lucky to be a good pregnant person.
1: You've been able to? Yeah,
0: i have been able to carry on. Like I work up until 41 weeks. My kid's are always very late, but I work the whole way through. And then I have these beautiful births. You know, I birthed all my six kids at home in... The living room oh
1: my gosh
0: it was extraordinary and we had the little guy in the pandemic obviously and it was at the height of the Black Lives Matter protest so you know as I was birthing him like there were helicopters whirring around above and it was a, a moment of intensity I've got to tell you it was just a very kind of heavy time for all of us and, and a time of totally. deep exploration and confusion and you know everything being thrown upside down as we know it and I decided to live stream that birth on Instagram <laughs> as you do.
1: Oh my God. Wow. Um, I know. People well, like what, what were people saying? It was, beautiful. I mean, we, Yeah, I it was bet. beautiful. And I want to say it was very PG. I
0: mean, I was in the tub and everything, but it wasn't like yeah. the camera was like, right, right, yeah. right there. <laughs> but it was beautiful. I mean, obviously. Emma,
1: I want to hang out with you. <laughs> you can, we can right. hang out. We can <laughs> hang out. We
0: can do it. But it was really beautiful. Like, obviously at the time I was not focused on, you know, what people were saying on the comments. And I, I a couple of days later, I got to have a look at it, but it was like this beautiful moment of connection and community and people were just glad to have the distraction of the heaviness of what we're all going through with the pandemic and you know our own conversations around race and anti-racism and people were just you know they were gorgeous there were comments I mean 60,000 people or something tuned in which was really crazy and they were just saying things like oh this is beautiful and one more push and you know it was it was it was a great it was a great experience I I love doing it.
1: I love it I was Thinking about this, when my son, who is now 18, when he was 11 or 12, I think Lean In was just coming out and Cheryl was being interviewed and the TV was on and we were at the dinner table. I'll never forget. He said, Mom, I just realized that women aren't CEOs. And I'm thinking, okay, where is Mm. he going with this? So I was like, yeah, no, like doesn't, Happen all the time, and he said, Why? And I said, Well, that's a really good question. And he said, Well, you know, you've always been a really good CEO and a great mom, too. And th- it was at that point when I realized something that no one had ever said to me, which was that I was actually teaching my son things that society maybe wasn't as helpful mm. in really teaching, right? And so he was asking these questions and continued to ask, like all the way through high school, he played a ton of tennis and he would come to me and he'd say, mom, why why is it that like the tennis teams in high school are separate? Why are there girls teams and there's boys teams? And he said, I actually like to play with the girls, there's some like really great teams, but why do you think there's, there aren't co-ed teams? And I'm like, you should change it. Mm. Right. And so I feel like what you're going to hear and your kids are still a little young, right. But you're going to hear out of your kids is that what you've done has actually helping them to be, you know, better humans, Mm. better leaders, better managers, better spouses. Right. Anyway, I just, I love like telling that story because I really think, you know, as hard as it is sometimes, Mm. you know, when you've got one kid or lots of kids, I think that being a working parent and like doing this while you're juggling and trying to figure it all out, I just, it's worth it, right? You're doing something for society that I think is so needed right? And that you are teaching these kids to be better at so many different things. And so anyway. I hope
0: so. And I I love that you give a nod to that because, you know, we're all in it together, you know, and, and we all have moments of, oh gosh, I hope I'm making the right decisions here. I mean, I think, I think when you're very clear on why you do something, we've all, heard and studied about needing to know our why but I think when you're very very clear when there's clarity around your why totally it's much easier to make the decisions that you need to make as a leader and a parent and that's been something that I decided very very early on you know in my parenting journey that I was going to be very very clear on who I wanted to show up as a parent and who, who I wanted to be as an entrepreneur as well and of course there are times when both collide and they're at opposition with each other. But, you know, I'm, I'm really, really clear with my kids why I work and it's not just about, you know, taking holidays to Hawaii or wherever, you know, it's very, it's very much about me wanting to be a role model to my six children, about wanting to play a really active role in society, about wanting to shift stuff that doesn't feel right for me. And, you know, I remember a mentor saying to me when I had my first baby, who's now 11, she said to me, you know, as much as when you have your first child, you look down at them and you, you know, kind of project onto them. You think, wonder what you're going to do with your life and what are you going to make of yourself? As much as you're thinking that about them, they're looking up at you and thinking, hey, mom, like, what are you going to make of yourself? You know, what are you going to make of your life? What impact are you going to have? And so that's really kind of buoyed me and motivated me to just keep on striving in my career because I want to be able to inspire them and I want to be able to inspire other women to know that, you know, it is possible to be a great parent and to be a great business person as well. You know, those two can coexist totally. they
1: can yeah i feel like high school for me was really where i sort of saw and i you know i won't lie there were moments right they're they're teenagers right where you're just like i don't know if they really respect me if they're you know gaining sort of what i ultimately want to do whatever but i felt like even in like the teacher sessions or things that where i would talk to the teachers the stuff that they would My kids knew like everything from, you know, raising money Mm -hmm. to, you know, building teams and how important like product is and community and that I never even thought about Mm -hmm. like as a, you know, high school kid. And, you know, even I'll share one more story with you when my one of my kids was applying to college and they didn't get into their first choice school and they went to another school and then they were deciding. Whether or not, like they wanted to stay at that school, they were sort of having feelings, and I said, "Why don't you go and apply to the school that you ultimately wanted to go to?" And they said, "Because they rejected me." And I, I was like, "I've been rejected lots of times, (laughs) sure." (laughs) And like I was like, "It hurts when you get rejected, right?" I'm sure you've been rejected, right? It it hurts, and I'm not going to lie; like it it really does hurt. But I think you know, I remember kind of like smiling when I said this and she said, why are you smiling? And I said, because I know that you're so passionate and you're so smart that you're going to do something really big. And one day someone's going to ask you the question, like, what didn't happen that you think should have happened or whatever. It was. And you're going to be like, oh, that's school. They rejected me. Like if they end up rejecting you twice, then you'll be like, you know, like, and look where I am today. Yeah. And they were
0: all the stronger for it. Yeah.
1: And she was like, oh, so you don't think I'm going to get in? And I was <laughs> like, no. It's to the point. The point yeah, is, yeah. if you don't, it's still a great story. Yeah, totally. And it's like, <laughs> and whatever. Just, and then, of course, she gets in. Yay. And so, yeah. And so, anyway, I feel like that kind of stuff along the way is what they learn from you as an entrepreneur. Yeah. and you know, a lot of it is winging it, right? A lot of it is, I mean, that's what I loved about your story so much that, you know, and very similar. I mean, I I mean that sincerely, like, I feel like you're my girlfriend over here that it's like attitude and action and really, you know, making sure that you're doing things that you ultimately want to be doing, Mm. of course, but also, I don't think so much of this is brain surgery. I think you talked about instinct in your book too. And I think that really understanding who you are and understanding where you want to go right. and maybe those things change along the way but mm. I think that that was something that was so inspirational in reading the book. So and it's a quick read too like it's not that's the other thing I hate heavy books especially during covid I've been yeah. reading tons of books and I think for me the book like was just it was long enough but it was also just super inspiring and the people I mean you have like Richard Branson and Lots of people who you've, you know, who wrote blurbs for the book. They don't write blurbs for just anybody. I mean, Mm. really impressive. Seth Godin. Who else? Oh, Randy Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah, I heard your friends. Yeah,
0: she's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. So really, really super, super awesome. So what's next for you? Oh, gosh. I
0: mean, you know what we just did? My husband did a crazy thing. We've bought this ridiculous RV and oh, it's very fun <laughs> i mean i think the turbulence of covid has just presented this kind of you know crossroads for so many people right and it's again coming back to that question of what do i really want from my life and am i really living the life that i you know dreamed and have the potential to live. So for us, you know, we want to get on the road a little bit more and take some more trips and really start to enjoy ourselves. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years now, and that's, it comes with 16, 17 hour days and often working seven days a week. And, you know, it's time to, you know, try and enjoy some of the fruits of that labor, but I'm writing my second book as well. And you know, just more of the same, you know I am really blessed to be able to have built some amazing relationships. some of the people you mentioned that are featured in the book, and you know it's I'm always up to something I'm always thinking of the next project or the next event i mean we've we've stabilized the business and as we've pivoted to online event delivery. but you know, I hope when the world opens up and the borders open up, we can get back to eventing again and and have some really it. exciting adventures, but for now, you know it's um. It's just being grateful for what these past few months have taught us and and it's really about continuing to stay calm in the face of complete uncertainty and and just do our best, be kind to ourselves. You know, that's all you can ask of, of yourself.
1: I love it. Are you going to leave soon to go on your adventure? Do you guys have a plan to take off? (laughs) We're we're
0: thinking maybe we'll take some time between Thanksgiving and New Year and we'll see where where it takes us. But, yeah, we don't really have too much of a plan. He's actually just flown to Pennsylvania to pick up the RV and he's bringing it back here. And I'm like, where are we going to store it? He's like, oh, I haven't worked that out (laughs) yet. And and it will not be in our street. He's driving
1: it back across the country. He
0: is with two of our daughters. And, I mean, you know, again, it's probably going to take him 5 or 6 days but yeah he's see, he's seeing it as an adventure and i think that's a beautiful thing if you can see life as an adventure then you know most everything else falls into place
1: i love it and i bet they'll have lots of stories i've driven across the us actually a few times but yeah. most a few years ago and One of our daughters wanted to go, but the rest of them were like, no way. We are not going to sit in the car. And we still laugh about some of those stories across the U.S. and some of the places we didn't have an RV, some of the places that we stayed. And it was just, yeah, it was definitely an adventure. And I think it's, you know, the U.S. is a really beautiful, big place with lots of different, you know, things along the way to see. And and so definitely the national parks and oh they're going to have a great time, but definitely (laughs) you guys, you guys will enjoy that. So what makes you unstoppable? I always ask this final question.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, if you want to, if I think about what's led me to any level of success that I've had in my career so far, I think I'd come back to relationships. And that's what makes me unstoppable, the relationships I enjoy with my team members. A lot of my team members have been with me for a you know, ten or twelve years and are That's still amazing. yeah, kicking on strong And I, I, I love that. And, you know, I've been the MC at their weddings and been by their hospital beds the day after they've given birth and, you know, so it's Oh, I love it. It's a beautiful family. The relationships we have with our talent and our speakers are really, really important to me. And it's something I've spent a lot of time trying to nurture and cultivate as the relationships that I have with people and I love what Dr. Lois Frankel says about that. You know, she says when you need a relationship, it's too late to build one. So you should always be looking at your networks and relationships and trying to work out how to do favours for other people and be there for other people without an expectation of it being returned to you. So I I think that's what makes me unstoppable.
1: I love it. I love it. So the book is called Winging It. Where is the best place to purchase it? You can get it everywhere. Barnes & Noble, Amazon,
0: Sounds True is my publisher, IndieBound, Target. Yeah, just do a Google search. Um, I'd love you to read it. Thank you.
1: And businesschicks.com. Check them out, definitely. And then Emma Isaacs on social Yeah, as well. And very, very fun. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And Definitely, if you like this podcast, then definitely give Emma a great review and let's all subscribe to it as well so you can see the rest of the very, very amazing people that I have for you all to learn from. So thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. unstoppable. unstoppable.